Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. This week you've got myself, Colin, and I'm joined by Nick as we talk about the opening weekend for John Favreau's The Lion King. And, as always, remember you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. Alright, so... Breaking down this weekend's top five, uh, no surprise in first place is The Lion King opening up to a whopping $185 million domestically, followed by Spider-Man Far From Home at $21 million domestically, then Toy Story 4 is in the number three spot at $14.6 million, followed by Crawl in the number six spot, or number three spot, uh, sorry, number four spot at $6 million. <laughs> a little tongue-tied there. And then Yesterday is still in the top five at $5.1 million. Um, so Lion King is not a surprise that that's in the number one spot. However, it is uh, far larger than anyone really thought it would be. So it was 185 million domestically. Um, I'm not quite sure what the foreign total was just because it was open in China um, for about a week longer than it's been open everywhere else. So it, those numbers will be a little bit skewed, but I mean, a week in one country and you know four days in another it's at 531 million worldwide um this is no doubt going to be a billion dollar movie um i think john favreau's first billion dollar movie if i remember correctly um yeah i think did the jungle book get over a billion it was close um i don't know (laughs) numbers are weird sometimes but yeah this movie lion king is just a crazy hit i think we we were on the pod last week i think i said like 125 uh, million for its opening so uh yeah beat <laughs> beat that a little bit and, and this is um i mean this is obviously an animated movie i, I hate the idea of calling this movie the live action lion king because it's cg animated but um so in that respect it's the highest grossing animated movie ever uh, beat incredibles two incredible two um total there um so it's Killing, I think, I think it just kind of just shows how much people love that original Lion King. It's, it's a multi generational um, film. Like everyone loves that, and I don't really know if there's anyone I've ever talked to who said they didn't like the original Lion King. Um, so I think this movie is just doing incredibly well based off the strength of that, where people just said, "Well, shit, I got to go see that because I love the original so much." So uh, I think we'll see in future weeks. I don't. I'm not as quite as um, optimistic as you as far as um, uh, it reaching the one billion mark. I do feel like there's just a lot of people like I didn't see a lot of people liking this movie, <laughs> which is interesting to see. Um, I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to see it this week, but um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of love floating around in the Twitter in the Twitter sphere for it. Um, so I'm really curious to see what kind of legs it has um, everywhere. But I don't know. It's I mean, you can't go wrong is a crazy opening and it's already made its money back so everything at this point is just kind of gravy yeah and it's it's one of those things where it's a really hard movie to hate um because it, it suffers from the same problems as every other disney remake like it's pretty much line for line um the same thing just in a different medium um and they they do do a little bit of new stuff with timon and pumbaa but i would almost bet that 80% of the script is just copy pasted from the original. Um, and they're like, but, but it like, it carries the weight of the original with it too. And so everything still kind of sticks. Um, but it like, it's, 
I'm not in love with it, but it's a really hard movie to not like just because, you know, I grew up with the original Lion King and I'll always have like that memory tied to it as well. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people also feel that way as well, or just in the sense of like they wanted to go see this new Lion King because it's just it's just this thing that they loved and kind of what I mentioned before. They just really they grew up on the Lion King. They love the songs. Everyone knows the opening uh, to the movie. And I'm not even going to try to do the song or because I'm going to make a fool of myself for everyone here. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's it's a great great hit uh, for Disney. It's another one again and. All these live action movies, it's no one really seems to love them, which is really interesting, but um, they always make money because it's just, I think we rag on Disney for not like having a ton of new ideas, but they, they really know what makes money and all of their big brands are just, they can just keep throwing them out in the theaters and people will go see them. So it's, it's, it's another win for this small, um, this small company we call Disney. Yeah. And, there is so I, I do definitely do have some problems with it like the uh the audio in this movie isn't synced very well when especially when the lions are adults and like part of that i think is just the restriction of you're trying to have like a realistic looking lion talk and it works really well when they're kids but when they become adults you have like beyonce and donald glover just don't have like these really deep liony voices and it really pulls you out of the movie um, so I like I, I don't get how Disney like there there are some scenes where it's like amateur film class the audio is just completely off sync and it like really pulls you out. Um, so like on top of it not really being an original idea that's my biggest gripe with the Lion King. But Mufasa still kills it like his voice still fits. So props to James Earl Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. I wonder because I'm the the big thing about the new Lion King was that cast and look at all these crazy names we have. So I wonder if a lot of that, uh, syncing issues is just like a scheduling issue. Cause you've Beyonce is just doing everything. Cause she's queen bee and Don Glover is also just out there doing everything. And I wonder if they had to do like kind of like, they just started working on the animation because we have to meet a deadline and we have to also meet Donald Glover and Beyonce's um, schedules. I mean, it's really tough to speculate, but yeah, all that stuff probably wraps into it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because you kind of just see it's, this is what the cast the you're, you're going realistically, you're going to see this new cast and it's, if they're not really bringing it, it's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> what are we supposed to <laughs> like? What, what's the, what's the selling point here? So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen do a lot of new stuff. Like, I think Timon and Pumbaa was mostly new stuff, which was nice. Like, I definitely, you know, knowing the two comedians, I would imagine their recording sessions were just, like, a lot of riffing. And, like, you definitely tell. Um, like, the movie picks up for sure when those two come on screen. Yeah, and just one final note here. And we are, for... It's weird lumping in because we mentioned earlier it's um, it's a lot, it's an animated movie but this clearly is in the Disney live action like remakes or reimaginings whatever you want to call them it's clearly in that vein of of storytelling for Disney even though it's not like a, a live action movie because it's CG animated uh, but if you want to look at just in, where this movie stands in terms of those movies already it's already the the eighth highest uh, domestically. Uh, after one week, so that's just a lot considering how popular a lot of these movies have been. 
um, and it'll probably pass Cinderella and the uh, the Oz, the Great and Powerful. I remember that movie. <laughs> it's a weird one we haven't thought about in a while. Um, and it'll probably pass that and Maleficent and a couple others pretty quickly and boost up those um, charts as well. So yeah, it's Lionkin doing well, and we this is kind of expected, but not as crazy as it is now. So this is really good stuff for Disney. Yeah. And, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this for a while and, you know, it'll, it'll be nice to compare it to Aladdin um, as it gets a little bit on down the line, just because Aladdin has had these ridiculous legs. Um, even now with Lion King opening, it still only had a 38% drop. Um, and like, I, I don't know if Lion King will, but I mean, we could be surprised. So it'll be it'll definitely be one to come back to numbers wise. Yeah, so. it's it's interesting. Also, just one final note is Aladdin is right at the one billion mark. It's at at nine nine eighty eight uh, worldwide. So, my guess is that Disney is going to try to do everything they possibly can to, to get that movie to a billion. So that's definitely another one to look out for. It's just all these live action movies. They all do crazy business. It's really interesting to see. Yeah. So we'll move on to Spider Man Far From Home which is in the number two spot this week, and it is at 21 million domestic. Um, so this is its third week out, and you know it's, this is the first heavy competition it's really faced with the Lion King. Um, so it, you know, it's obvious, obviously slowed down a little bit, but it, as of this week, is the highest-grossing Spider-Man film, and it uh, is a little bit over 90 million higher than Spider-Man 3, which is the, the previous record holder. Um, and so, yeah, it's like it's another big hit for Marvel uh, very quickly on its way to a billion. We'll we'll pass that landmark very soon, uh, probably within the next week. And yeah, I mean, it's it's making money. Yeah, it's that it definitely is. And it's just this has just been a week of just really good news for Disney and Marvel. I mean, we're going to probably talk about the the. Marvel news it's been that released at Comic-Con as well so they just keep getting the wins and it's they're, they're like the like the old Yankees with the, the murderer's row like they just can't lose <laughs> it's just consistent hit after consistent hit they always make money these things get more popular and popular it's just it's crazy I mean maybe we're in the in the middle of a bubble but you just need to, it doesn't feel like the end of this is coming anytime soon these movies just get more and more successful yeah, like it's it's a ridiculous amount of money, um, and I you know there was concern on Sony's side um, about whether or not Spider Man would cross a billion, and uh, you know there was like issues with the uh, the Sony Marvel deal, uh, but it looks oh I mean not looks it, it's definitely going to cross that billion dollar mark unless every theater burns down this week, um, <laughs> and so it looks like Spider Man's future is a little bit safe for now. Uh, so we'll move on to yet another Disney movie. And in the number three spot is Toy Story 4. Um, I actually caught this one again this week, and it is just as sad and depressing the second time, Um, (laughs) which I guess that's still resonating with people, which is why it's in week five and still pulling in 14.6 million. Um, Like it's it's just another movie that's making a lot of money for Disney, uh, for Pixar. Another solid hit sitting around 860 million worldwide. Um, so it may or may not get to that billion dollar mark, uh, but it, it has had pretty decent legs so far. So we'll kind of keep an eye out on that one in the weeks to come. 
Yeah, it's doing really well. I don't think it's going to quite get to a billion, but I mean, that's like you're getting mad at just like the most like superfluous things. Like the this movie's done crazy business already. It's the fourth highest grossing uh, Pixar movie in, here in the States. And it's worldwide total is the fifth highest in the history of Pixar. So um, it's really climbing up those charts. It'll probably pass a few other movies there. Maybe look towards the top three in, in both um, categories, uh, domestic and worldwide. So, yeah, this is just another awesome hit for Pixar. And Disney just has so much money. And just this top three rundown just makes me realize that, that they're going to just take us over and run the world in the next few years. It'll be them and Amazon. <laughs> them and Amazon will just have all our information and just to have us under some sort of spell. And I'm really scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it, it, and it's not even over yet. Like Disney still has pretty big releases coming up. Uh, I mean, they're, they're ending the year with star Wars. So, I mean, Disney pretty much has at least one more billion dollar movie up their sleeve. Um, like it's, it's ridiculous how many times like we've talked about billion dollar Disney movies this year. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's never gonna stop. <laughs> we're just, we're just gonna we're just gonna just gonna strap in and get ready for it because it's just gonna keep coming over the years. It's nuts. Yep. <laughs> so we'll move on to number four, which was Crawl, uh, which this is its second weekend pulled in six million domestically, and you know it's it's a nice little horror hit. Um, it's sitting at about thirty three million worldwide, uh, which is pretty decent numbers wise um, it's already made back its budget and marketing budget and is starting to turn out just a nice little profit for paramount and you know i really haven't heard anything overly negative about this movie and i mean i saw it i know you saw it um, like it's alligators eating people and um, there's there's not much to complain about yeah it's you pay for it you pay for exactly what it advertises so it's Kind of one of those things where if you know you like this kind of movie and you'll probably enjoy it, and it seems like it's doing okay. You know, it's already it's probably going to triple its budget, more than more so than that, and make a little tidy little sum of money for Paramount, which sorely needs every every kind of hit they can get in any sort of way you look at it. So, yeah, it's solid little movie. I'm sure um, I expected it to do a little better business when um, leading up to the film, but no, you can't really complain. It's, Doing decent. I'm sure this is going to be a really big um, a VOD purchase for a lot of people, and I think I mentioned that last week. But I just, I just kind of see people casually watching this movie for years, and it'll find its cult audience of people that will really love it. And it's kind of where we're sitting. And I mean, probably it's one of the better man versus animal movies we've ever seen because that list is just like Jaws and then sci-fi original movies. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. It's solid. Crawl's doing okay. You can't really complain here. Yeah, like it's it's just making a decent amount of money, and I mean that's all it really needs to do for Paramount right now. Um, and in kind of a similar situation is the number five at the box office, which is Yesterday, um, which has continued to have just like really solid legs. Um, so it only had a twenty four percent drop uh, from last week into this weekend in its fourth week at the box office, and it pulled in another five point one million. Which is just a tidy little sum for it. It's at 98 million worldwide. Um, should cross 100 million this week, which is a really big win for uh, this kind of movie. Yeah, I definitely. 
I there's a part of me that really thinks that Universal probably thought this movie was going to do a l- even a little better than this because just it's just one of the best premises premises of all time. We like we've talked about this in past weeks, but yeah, you really can't complain. It's like the same situation as Crawl. I mean, it's gonna quadruple its budget and even more so than that, and it's just slowly. It's not losing too many theaters. It's because it's these drops from week to week are really solid. And, is a solid 24% drop and still in over 25,000 theaters uh, in the U.S. And so, yeah, you really can't complain at all. And it's just kind of chugging along. It's going to make its money. And, yeah, we're it's doing okay. Good job, Universal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that kind of wraps up the top five. Um, you know, it's not a very competitive top five right now um, as we are, you know, everything kind of, made room for the lion king uh we do have some some big movies coming out here in the next few weeks um and so it'll be a little bit more competitive a little bit more interesting uh, but other than that you know there are there was uh, another uh, smaller opening this week uh, wide release was the art of self-defense which is a jesse eisenberg movie about uh, self-defense and <laughs> it's like this is one of the most bizarre but like hilarious amazing movies i've ever seen like it's 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 just really well done it's a really dry and satirical take on toxic masculinity uh jesse eisenberg does a killer job and it's like it's it's a movie that if you described it to me i wouldn't believe it but having sat through it i'm in love with it yeah i love this movie i'm right there with you and it's i would kind of describe this movie as probably fight club but not nearly as cool and that, and that's kind of um, that's like the best compliment I can give it because like whereas David Fincher like directed the shit out of uh, Fight Club and made it really stylized and like Brad Pitt is like the sexiest motherfucker you've ever seen in your life. Where this movie is just kind of it's just satiric, it's just very very dark comedy and it, everything is just very stark and kind of sad at a lot of points and it's kind of it's kind of gross too. And you never, you never really root for any of these people except for Jesse Eisenberg, but um, it is, yeah, it is great. And I'm, I'm really happy to see it kind of jump up. It's doing okay business. I'm sure at Bleecker Street would probably want it to do a little more, but hopefully we can kind of, kind of urge people to go see this movie. It is really awesome. Uh, it's probably one of my favorites of the year and it'll, I'll be shocked if it isn't by the time December comes around. It's, it's so, so great. I love this. Jesse Eisenberg is awesome in this movie. I mean, he keeps, he pl- plays that neurotic character so many times, but he, he adds a, adds a little something different to this one. The art of self-defense where uh, it's so, so good and great performances all around. I just, I love this movie. I can't, I could talk about it for years. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a really good movie. Um, and you know, it, unfortunately I don't think we'll, uh, have excuse to talk about it just a ton uh, as far as box office performance goes. Uh, but this is definitely one to check out if it's playing in a theater near you. Yeah. And on along that line too, is another movie I wanted to point out is the farewell, which from a 24, which expanded into uh, 35 theaters this week and made more money than the art of self-defense, which was in 550 theaters. Uh, this movie did crazy business and it was and almost beat out the Lion King for a per screen average again. So um, this is definitely a movie that's going to be a probably a really solid success for a 24. This movie's going to really expand out in the next couple of weeks. I feel like just because it's just doing really well and it's really small release. So 
I think, whereas we're a little disappointed that The Art of Self-Defense couldn't do a little better business because that movie is just wonderful. It looks like The Farewell is going to sneak up on some people. Yeah, and I think especially once it gets its international opening, um, I think this movie will just absolutely destroy the Chinese box office. Um, and I think once it gets a wider release, you know, it's not going to be pulling endgame numbers, but it's going to be pulling pretty strong numbers uh, stateside and domestically as well. Yeah, and it's really cool because apparently, because I haven't had a chance to see this movie yet, and I, I'm really looking forward to when I do get to go see it. But it's 90% um, dialogue is around is Chinese, is what I'm hearing. So it's kind of cool to see that that kind of movie has this sort of appeal in the U.S. And I'm sure that means, like you mentioned, it's going to do really well in China because it's mostly a Chinese movie. So that's just kind of cool to see. It's We don't really see a lot of these movies um, perform well at the box office. So that's fun. I'm really rooting for this movie in the future, in the coming weeks. Yeah. It's a, it's a really big win for a 24 and also for Aquafina. Um, you know, she had her kind of her breakout year last year and there were a lot of people like, oh, she's, you know, she had a good 2018, but that'll kind of be it. And, you know, all, all the reactions that I've seen for the farewell are just like, yeah, Aquafina was not a fluke. Um, like check this out. If you're not on board with her already, you will be after the farewell. Yeah, and um, this this is one of the few movies I didn't get to see at Sundance as well, and people were singing her praises and the movie's praises there, and it was probably a festival favorite, if I'm being quite honest. So yeah, this is it's 100% right now in Rotten Tomatoes. I'm really looking forward to what Armand White has to say <laughs> about this movie so he can get rid of its 100% rating. So, um, But yeah, it's, it's doing great. Uh, it's a really cool success story, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that does in future weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one to check back in on. I'm excited for when it uh, finally releases in my city. Uh, you know, I'm in the middle of Kansas, so that probably won't be for a while, but <laughs> I'll be looking <laughs> out for help. it. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to uh, bigger movies that you probably have seen. Um, so Avengers Endgame is officially the highest grossing movie ever. Um, not adjusting for inflation, it passed Avatar this weekend and is now sitting at two billion seven hundred and ninety dollars and change, um, and that's just a monstrosity of a box office haul. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine how much money that is. Like, that's a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, Endgame is pulled. You know, it didn't. Um, surpass Avatar quite like people were thinking it might be. Um, you know, there was a lot of speculation that you know this could be the first three billion dollar movie uh, back when it uh, was releasing. But I mean, it it took the record. I mean, <laughs> no real no real criticism on how much money it's made at that point. Yeah, what a shame. This movie didn't even break $3 billion. It's just such – what a waste of our time here. Um, it's like this movie – like, yeah, it's doing great. Like, this is unbelievable. It's unprecedented. Every word you can ever think of it. It's kind of funny that I, I feel like in a lot of cases, like, my response to this would have been, like, holy shit. But, like, it really did take a while for this movie to kind of break that, break that record. And we got a sense a couple weeks – ago or many weeks ago that that um disney was just going to do whatever they whatever it took to get to this point so we're just gonna we're just gonna slowly see it tick off five million every week until eventually it was gonna break the record so yeah it's at this point it was just kind of like oh yeah it broke it because we knew it was gonna happen eventually um <laughs> it's kind of anticlimactic but it is it is really cool and it's the highest grossing movie ever and 
Uh, it's fun because, I mean, when was the last time anyone talked about Avatar? So it's really cool to see some type of movie with some cultural relevance uh, break that record. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Disney is doing it again. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to – it never stops. <laughs> it's just it, – it's crazy. This movie is a monstrosity. I love it. Yeah, yeah Disney, like, really stole this week. Um so I, I thought it was really interesting that they were able to announce that Endgame was the highest grossing movie ever the day of their big Comic-Con presentation. Uh, like, I I don't know what Illuminati strings Bob Iger had to pull to do that. Uh, <laughs> but like it, it lined up pretty well. Um, they unveiled all of their Phase 4 stuff. And it looks like they're really kind of branching out and taking uh, the Marvel Universe in some different directions, which I think will be interesting. Um, the only you know, big mainstay that has another sequel coming up is Thor uh, with uh, Natalie Portman returning, which I have no idea how they got her back because she was pretty fed up after Thor The Dark World. Uh, but she's back. She's wielding a hammer. Uh, Phase 4 is going to be insane. <laughs> yeah, and I think the one that I am really looking forward to, just off the title alone, is Doctor Strange and the yeah. Multiverse <laughs> of Madness. Um, that That is like the greatest movie title ever, and I want I just want that injected into my brain like right now because that sounds like some like 70s or 80s just like LSD trip gone like really poorly uh, and I can't wait. Um, and it's been announced that the Marvel saying it's going to be their first horror film. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how true that is. I mean, they were calling the Winter Soldier the parallax view when it came out. And I mean, I guess... It kind of is that movie, but it's obviously the, the Marvelized version of that kind of genre. So um, still, it'll be really interesting to see what Doctor Strange has in store for us, because I feel like now this this is just phase four is the time where Marvel is like, all right, we have so much goodwill. Let's just try a bunch of shit and see what happens. So we could get something really nutty with this and and Thor and Thor as well, because Taika is coming back to direct that and um it's we'll see what Natalie Portman does. I mean, I think the story behind that one was she was really annoyed when um, they because Patty Jenkins was supposed to direct uh, Thor the Dark yeah. World. And then she left the project with the ever nebulous reason of uh, creative differences. So and that kind of turned off Natalie Portman to the MCU and all that as a whole. But hey, it seems like maybe they just backed a massive dump truck of money into her one of her many homes um so yeah it's really cool and we also have shang chi coming out which could be really interesting black widow um and then the eternals i have no idea what what's going to be in store for that but angelina jolie is in it so that's fascinating so yeah it's the mcu continues and they're making all a bunch of money and they're never going to stop and this is just man this is crazy what a time yeah, and I think, you know, they're starting phase four with a pretty safe bet. I mean, you know, Black Widow is already established. I think Hawkeye's in the movie. Like, it's it's going to be pretty familiar to what we've seen so far. And then they're just going batshit crazy after that. Um, like, you'll have the Eternals, which just has a ridiculously strong cast. I mean, yeah, you said you've got Angelina Jolie. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is in it. Uh, Richard Madden from Game of Thrones is there. Salma Hayek is in the movie. Um, like, it's just an insane cast. And then I think Shang-Chi will probably 
the one I'm most interested to see performance-wise, because um, this is a primarily Chinese cast, um, and they're, you know, I think they're smart to tie it into the Ten Rings, which was kind of an Iron Man plot thread that they never really tied up. Um, but I think this movie is going to completely dominate overseas, and you know, it has Marvel's name on it, so we already know it'll turn a profit here. Um, but yeah, kind of like you said, Doctor Strange is going to be insane. Uh, Scott Derrickson, the director of it, is horror is kind of his genre before he stepped into Marvel. So it'll be nice to see him kind of bring those two together. Uh, I, I loved Ragnarok. Taika Waititi is my favorite director. Uh, like, I'm, I'm ready for Thor 4. Just like you said, I want that injected into my brain. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Blade is also... Uh, the one I'm really interested to watch, um, you know, not many people really remember that Blade has a trilogy um, already from the 90s and the 2000s, and the movies are just awful, but they're so entertaining. And so I'm excited to see uh, Mahershal Ali. It sounds like this was a passion project of his that he just kind of told Marvel he wanted to make. And Marvel has uh, almost three billion dollars of endgame money to pump out a Blade movie with. So some some interesting stuff coming up in that direction. Yeah, poor one out for Wesley Snipes because he really <laughs> wanted to make that movie for the longest time, and well, it seems like that's not going to happen at this point. I mean, yeah, Mahershala Ali calls and is one of the most probably the most prominent African American actor right now. I mean, so if he calls and says he wants to do Blade, you say yes. <laughs> so it's gonna be crazy to see what all this is i mean i am wonder curious because we also have the the disney plus uh shows coming out or like a falcon or a soldier show uh, wanda and vision or we have a what if series and loki and hawkeye shows as well so i'm curious to see what exactly if anything like i wonder if we may see some fatigue going on because that's a lot of stuff i mean I mean, they're going to be fine. Marvel's going to be okay, but and and but Disney Plus does have to create a lot of buzzy content right off the bat. So it will be interesting, kind of to gauge just general the general public on if they are burned out by the time Blade comes around, because that's a that's a lot of properties in the next two years. So I, it's definitely some also something to look out for. But yeah, this is really cool. A lot of really cool stuff in here, and I'm really I'm really excited for Marvel to get weird, which is what I feel like they've doing they've been kind of towing the line they're they've been on trying to do it for a little bit but they've been seeing okay does this work and i feel like it's been nothing but success so far so i'm i really hope this is the time where they just go batshit insane and we just stumble out of the multiverse of madness not knowing which way is up and taika just also does something really trippy and hilarious and love and thunder which is also a really great uh subtitle so i i can't wait this is gonna be really fun yeah, I'm really interested to see how they're going to incorporate vampires into the the Marvel universe. Like they've they've really slowly kind of pushed like magic on us, right? With the first Thor movies, they're like, ah, this is just science. And then, you know, by the time Doctor Strange comes around, they're like, yeah, no, this is magic. And and now they're like, nah, vampires are here. Um, like it it's weird to think of you know like Iron Man from the first Iron Man movie is you know like fighting and you know like a pretty realistic war against terrorism while, you know, there are vampires also in the universe, apparently. Um, like it's just, it's getting really weird and really wacky. And I think that's a good direction for Marvel to take everything. 
Yeah, I'm curious if there if there are two like fail safe reasons for why things are happening. Is like one like the scrolls, where it's just like they can just like plug in place like anything, and we kind of saw that with like the end of the Far From Home, where it's like, hey, there's scrolls were here the entire time, and I mean it feels kind of cheap, but like, hey, if you has to if it has to write you out of a hole, then so be it. You have that, and then or they're just like other multiverse stuff. I mean, probably that's probably what Doctor Strange is going to be, multiverse of madness, but. They'll just throw it back to the snap or like all the snaps and say like, hey, this fucked with something. So and then now it ripped a hole in some continuum to something and now we have vampires, but whatever. <laughs> they, can, they can just throw a bunch of mumbo jumbo at us and we'll be like, ah, okay, there's vampires. Like, who cares? This is fun. So um, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it'll be really interesting to see, but I'm sure they'll, it's Marvel. It's a well-oiled machine. Kevin Feige is just sitting on piles of money. They're lo- they're loving this, and we'll get the Fantastic Four and the X Men at some point too. So this is, yeah, it's never it's never stopping. This is the theme of the podcast. It's never stopping. <laughs> just, just embrace it. <laughs> I think you know Marvel's only real concern is that eventually they're going to run out of actors to like keep putting in these movies. Like at some point, like you're just going to have to start recasting people. Like we'll see Tom Hiddleston in ten years playing Sabretooth or something because they've. They've run out of people to cast in their movies because they just have them all tied up in other roles. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're. I mean, we've seen Florence Pugh is going to be in Black Widow, and I'm I'm sure it's going to be one of those things where it's every time there's someone of some interest on the indie circuit who stars in a pretty good indie movie, they're like, "Hey, you want to do a Marvel movie?" And they'll be like, "Uh, sure. <laughs> Please give me money." And so <laughs> I feel like that's going to be what it's going to be from now on. They're just going to find just people that are on the come up and be like, all right, you're our next superhero. And they'll be like, oh, okay, I'll make, I'll have money. So yeah, it's, I think that's the only way I I don't really know. (laughs) I really don't understand how uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson have time to star in as many things as they do. Like their Marvel commitments alone. Uh, But like literally Tessa Thompson has like, but she had Creed two at the end of last year. She had, uh, you know, Endgame. Now she had Men in Black. She's in Westworld. And like Chris Hemsworth does the same circuit. So eventually, like, I don't know how they're gonna keep having energy. Uh, like they're just in all the stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be it's it'll be interesting as a lot of these uh, actors are becoming more in demand. Like, and I think we're kind of seeing it now. Um, you know, Doctor Strange is five years after the first one, just in terms of uh, when it's coming. Uh, Thor is going to be four years after Ragnarok. And so I think we're seeing a lot of that spacing out and probably why they're expanding into more properties too, is just so they have like more windows to work with, to put people in stuff. Yeah, I think they're, and they're at the point now where they're really smart with how they contract. uh, They write up contracts with people. And I mean, I'm joking about it, but like they've, They'll put a bunch of money into people's pockets. They'll pay a lot of people up front, and I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Benedict Cumberbatch wants to go back and do some BBC stuff or whatever. But like, I mean, if you keep throwing like five or eight digit uh, contracts at him for movies, like he's gonna say yes and <laughs> things like that, you know. So that's kind of how you just gotta keep paying your talent, and I'm sure they'll be around, and I'm sure for for chris hemsworth a high protein diet certainly helps <laughs> right um so uh, whatever it's gonna they're i'm sure marvel is finding a way and 
I mean, they're getting to the point now where they're getting so weird that they can also just write people off by saying, oh, like they died in some weird thing. And I mean, and then, oh, they're, they're younger again. Look how young they are. And it's like some other <laughs> actor who's like on the come up or something like that. But yeah, it's, yeah, they're doing so great. And it's tough. I mean, they it's tough because they overshadowed great things like Top Gun Maverick, which is another thing I just want injected into my brain now because it just it looks so great and nostalgic. And that's the one thing that I'm letting nostalgic take over for me and I can't wait for. <laughs> and we have two Halloween sequels were announced as well. Like this is this is really interesting stuff. There's It's never dull around Comic-Con, that's for sure. Uh, I'm a little disappointed you failed to mention Cats. Uh, which is oh no until... no 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 thank you no <laughs> yeah so it has been a, a pretty big week as far as movie stuff goes and um, you know we're getting into uh, once upon a time in Hollywood next week which is if not my most anticipated movie this year is pretty high up there uh, we've got the uh, magnum opus of Hobbs and Shaw the week after that. Like, mm-hmm. We just got, we yep. got stuff coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. Another movie injected in my brain. I'm ready. I am so ready. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun. I mean, this entire summer we've been kind of complaining. It's been a little sleepy and things like that, but it always kind of, it's fun when you get all these all these news drops right next to each other. It's like, ah, movies are cool and they're fun. And they're always here, so it's 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 cool. It's definitely reassuring in our business. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice, you know, because everybody's pretty happy with Disney right now. And then we have a little bit of a cool off period until they're all angry and threatening to murder Disney over Star Wars again. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's nice with that. <laughs> we have that little goodwill period for now. Yeah, I'm just I'm preparing for all the Russian bots to just flow into my all my feeds on Twitter and on the site so i'm just i'm i'm mentally preparing my body for it i'm i've been going in a hyperbaric chamber every day to prepare my body um just for all the hate that's coming so yeah until then we'll have our we'll have our love and lovey-dovey period with disney because i'm sure it's yeah it's going to change the tide's going to change very quickly like all things do at this point thanks for listening to this week's episode of the movie bubble podcast As always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com and join us next week as we break down the opening weekend for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.